Galatians 6.11, a verse from the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Galatians, is a notable example of how linguistic nuances in the original Koine Greek text can deepen our understanding of the biblical message. This verse, translated as, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand, emphasises Paul's direct involvement and the importance of his message to the Galatians. The verse begins with edete, an imperative form of the verb orio, which means to see. This is not just a call to visual observation, but also a metaphorical invitation to perceive and understand the significance of what follows. Paul is urging the Galatians to pay close attention. Next is the phrase pelikoa grammasin. Pelikoi is a dative plural neuter adjective, derived from elikia, meaning how large. It modifies grammasin, a noun in the dative plural neuter from grapho, meaning letters. This combination suggests that Paul is drawing attention to the unusually large size of the letters he used in the manuscript, which could be a physical manifestation of the intensity and earnestness of his message. The pronoun umin, meaning you in the plural, is important as it addresses the community of Galatians, indicating that the message is meant for all the members of the church collectively. The verb egrapsa, from grapho, is in the aorist tense, translating to, I have written. This indicates Paul's personal effort in writing this letter, a task often delegated to a scribe in ancient times. The concluding phrase temekeri is a combination of the feminine dative singular article te, the possessive adjective im, my, and the noun keri, hand. Moreover, this phrase accentuates Paul's personal involvement in writing this letter. In the context of ancient letter-writing practices, an apostle writing with his own hand was a significant gesture, often reserved for matters of great importance or urgency. Therefore, in Galatians 6.11, Paul is not merely making a statement about the physical characteristics of his letter. He is affirming the personal and serious nature of his communication. The emphasis on the large letters and the fact that he wrote with his own hand serve to assert the urgency and significance of the message he is conveying to the Galatian church. This personal touch would have resonated deeply with the recipients as it reflected the gravity of the issues addressed in the letter and Paul's earnest desire for the Galatians to heed his counsel. Furthermore, verse 12 is a critical component of Paul's argument in Galatians, addressing the motivations and actions of certain individuals within the Galatian community. The verse begins with, Osoi thelusin euprosopasai ensaki, as many as wish to make a good showing in the flesh. This phrase captures the essence of the issue Paul is addressing. A group within the community is overly concerned with outward appearances and adherence to Jewish law specifically the practice of circumcision, peritemnistai. This focus on external religious practices suggests a deeper issue, the struggle between adhering to Jewish traditions and embracing the new Christian doctrine that Paul preaches, which highlights faith in Christ over legalistic observance. Lukaszewski's analysis brings into focus the tension in the early Christian community between Jewish traditions and the emerging Christian faith. This tension is evident in the contrast between the desire to avoid persecution by conforming to Jewish laws and the message of salvation through faith in Christ alone. The mention of to stauro tu Christu, the cross of Christ, towards the end of the verse, serves as a stark contrast to the earlier mention of circumcision, 
It indicates Paul's central message that salvation comes not through adherence to religious laws, but through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through a meticulous breakdown of each word and its syntactic role, Lukashevsky provides an insightful interpretation of the verse. His analysis highlights the complex interplay of religious, cultural, and theological elements in the early Christian church, as reflected in Paul's epistle. Understanding these nuances is crucial for comprehending the broader theological debates and conflicts that shaped the early Christian church. In addition, in Galatians 6.13, the Apostle Paul intricately uses Greek syntax to convey a nuanced message about religious practices and motivations. This verse is a part of his argument concerning the actions and attitudes of certain individuals towards the law and circumcision, particularly indicating the contrast between their outward actions and inner intentions. The verse begins with the emphatic negative adverb oud, not even, which functions as an emphatic conjunction. This word ties together the subject's actions, specifically their failure to observe the law, fulasusin, to observe, to follow, and their status, oi, the as a subject in a relative clause. This construction maintains a stark contrast in their behaviour. They don't even observe what they enforce on others. The conjunction gar, for, then introduces an explanatory note, providing a causal link to the preceding statements. The phrase oi peritemnomenoi, those who are circumcised, refers to a specific group, with the participle peritemnomenoi, to circumcise, indicating their associated action. This is further pointed out by autoi, self, emphatic, an intensive pronoun reiterating their personal involvement in the act of circumcision. The term nomon, law, as the direct object in the predicate repeats the subject of their observance, yet paradoxically, the verse suggests they do not genuinely follow it. The contrast is further marked by the adversative conjunction ala, but, introducing an opposing idea to their supposed observance of the law. The verb thelusen, to wish, to want, underlines their desire, linked to the action of circumcising others, umas peritemnestai, for their own benefit. The purpose of their action is introduced by ina, in order that so that, suggesting a purposive or resultative motive. Further, the phrase ente umaterasaki kokesontai, to boast in your flesh, encapsulates their ultimate motive. The prepositional phrase entasaki, in the flesh, with the dative saki, flesh, as its object, and modified by umatera, your, yours, points to the arena of their boasting. The verb kaukasontai, to boast, in the subjunctive mood, indicates this as their desired outcome. Overall, Galatians 6.13 uses complex Greek syntax to unravel the motives behind the actions of certain individuals, revealing a dichotomy between their religious practices and their true intentions. The verse is a critique of superficial adherence to religious law, exposing the discrepancy between external compliance and internal motives, particularly in the context of religious observance and personal glory. Besides, Verse 14 begins with the personal pronoun amoi, I, denoting the Apostle Paul's personal perspective. The use of the adversative conjunction d, but, introduces a contrast, setting the tone for a powerful statement. Central to the verse is the negation me, 
not never, which is crucial for understanding Paul's refusal to boast except in one exceptional circumstance. This negation modifies the verb genoito, to be, in the aorist middle optative form, suggesting a hypothetical or desired state, underscoring Paul's intentional choice. The concept of boasting is expressed through the verb kaukastai, to boast, used as a substantival infinitive and functioning as the subject of the clause. The boasting is specifically negated in everything except enter stauro, in the cross, where me again plays a crucial role in negating the preposition en, in. This negation emphasises that the cross is the sole exception to Paul's refusal to boast. The phrase to stauro tu curiu, emon Yesu Christu, beautifully weaves a chain of genitives, associating the cross directly with the Lord Jesus Christ. This construction accentuates the theological centrality of Christ's crucifixion and its ownership by Jesus Christ. The latter segment of the verse, Dio emoi cosmos estaurotai cargo cosmo, speaks to the transformative impact of the crucifixion. The preposition D through indicates the agency of Christ, while estaurotai, to crucify, in the perfect passive indicative, conveys a completed action with enduring effects. It articulates a mutual crucifixion, the world to Paul and Paul to the world, symbolising a break from worldly values and a commitment to Christ-like ideals. In essence, Lukajewski's examination reveals the theological depth of Galatians 6.14, where linguistic intricacies blend with doctrinal truths to convey Paul's message of singular devotion to the cross of Christ as the pivotal element of Christian faith and identity. Additionally, verse 15, central to Pauline theology, affirms the irrelevance of physical rituals like circumcision in Christian identity, asserting instead a spiritual transformation into a new creation in Christ. Lukaszewski begins with the Greek word ute, neither, a correlative conjunction that plays a critical role in the verse's structure. This conjunction modifies peritome, circumcision, setting the stage for a dual negation which is completed with the mention of acrobustia, uncircumcision. By structuring the sentence in this way, Paul negates both circumcision and uncircumcision, indicating that neither holds any value in the Christian faith. This negation is fundamental, as it marks a departure from Jewish law, where circumcision is a crucial sign of the covenant. The conjunction gar, for, introduces a causal explanation, providing the rationale behind the negation. It signifies a shift from the physical to the spiritual, a common theme in Paul's writings. The nouns peritome and acrobustia are central to this shift. By equating these two, one a key Jewish ritual and the other its absence, Paul dismantles the traditional Jewish religious framework, making way for a new kind of spiritual identity. The pronoun t, anything, and the verb estin, to be, are crucial for understanding the verse's emphasis. Estin, as the main verb, is modified by Allah, but, which introduces a contrast. This contrast is the crux of the verse, the negation of physical rituals in favour of spiritual transformation. The adversative conjunction Allah signifies a stark contrast from the previous negation, focusing on what truly matters in Christian faith the new creation. The phrase, new creation, encapsulates this pivotal concept. 
The adjective cane, new, qualifies tisis, creation, highlighting the transformative aspect of faith in Christ. Lukashevsky's analysis reveals how Galatians 6.15 serves as a cornerstone in understanding Paul's theological perspective. The verse indicates that in Christ, traditional religious practices like circumcision lose their significance. Instead, what matters is the transformation into a new creation, a fundamental redefinition of religious identity from a Pauline perspective. This transformation maintains the essence of Christian faith as not bound by ritualistic observances, but rooted in a profound spiritual change. Also, central to verse 16 are the conjunctions chi, which serve as critical connectors, bridging different parts of the sentence. These conjunctions are not just mere links, they perform a copulative function, effectively uniting concepts like peace and mercy within the verse's structure. This union of ideas points out the interconnectedness of these virtues in the Christian life. Equally important are the pronouns like osoi, otos, and toto. Osoi acts as a correlative pronoun and the subject of a dependent clause, modifying otos and functioning as an appositive. This specific usage reiterates the inclusivity of the message, possibly referring to all who follow a certain rule or standard. The personal pronoun autus acts as a prepositional object, while tuto, a demonstrative pronoun, functions adjectively, adding further clarity and specificity to the nouns it modifies. The articles tu, ton and to play a defining role, specifying and elucidating the nouns they accompany, like canoni, rule, standard, and Israel, Israel. These articles not only define but also repeat the significance of these nouns in the verse's context. Nouns like Kanoni, Irene, Peace, Elios, Mercy, Israel, Israel, and Theu, God, carry specific syntactic forces. For instance, Kanoni is in the dative case, indicating respect or reference. Irene and Elios, both subjects in the sentence, are pivotal in conveying the verse's thematic essence of peace and mercy. Prepositions like ep and epi suggest positional relationships, indicating a spatial or conceptual connection between elements, particularly in the phrases involving Israel and Theo. This usage underlines the relational aspect of the verse, situating the concepts and actions within a specific divine context. Moreover, the verb stoikosousin a future active indicative verb, meaning to hold to, to conform, to follow, is the finite verb in the relative clause. It signifies an action that the subjects, presumably the followers of Christ or the members of the church, are expected to undertake. Lukashevsky's analysis of Galatians 6.16 thus reveals a complex interplay of grammatical structures, each contributing to the verse's overall message. The careful arrangement of words and their grammatical roles underscore key Christian concepts like peace, mercy, and adherence to a divine rule, especially in the context of the community under God. This verse, through its intricate construction, conveys a profound theological and moral directive, accentuating the integral virtues of the Christian ethos. Furthermore, at the beginning of the verse 17, the phrase tu loipu, the rest, is constructed from an article and an adjective in the genitive case. This combination functions temporally, suggesting a reference to the remainder of a period or series of events. 
it sets the stage for the subsequent message, indicating a transition or a conclusion to Paul's discourse. Following this, the segment, Corpus Moimides, No One Should Cause Troubles to Me, features a direct, emphatic statement from Paul. Here, a noun, troubles, a personal pronoun, me, and an adjective, no one, are used to convey a clear directive, that no one should bring troubles to him. The verb, which is implicit in this structure, likely conveys a meaning akin to cause or give. This reflects a personal plea from Paul, affirming his experiences and his desire to avoid further adversities. The verb paraketo, should cause, imperative in mood, reinforces this directive. It asserts the action that Paul urges others to avoid, aligning with his request for no further troubles. In the latter part of the verse, ego gata stigmata tu yesu, en tu somati mu bastazo, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, introduces a causal clause with gar, for. This statement is deeply personal and profound. Paul declares that he bears the marks of Jesus on his body, a testament to his suffering and dedication. The use of nouns, articles, and a verb in this phrase intricately conveys the physical and spiritual burden Paul carries as a follower of Christ. Overall, Lukaszewski's analysis meticulously dissects each word and phrase in Galatians 6.17, revealing the complex grammatical structures and the rich, layered meanings behind Apostle Paul's message. This level of detail in the analysis not only aids in understanding the translation, but also illuminates the contextual and syntactical subtleties of Paul's expression in the original Greek text. In addition, verse 18 opens with e charis, the grace, where e functions as an attributive article, lending specificity to charis, a noun signifying grace. This positions grace as the primary subject of the sentence, foregrounding its importance in the verse. Following this is tukuriu, of the Lord, with tu being an attributive article modifying kuriu, which translates to Lord. This phrase can be interpreted in two ways, as a genitive of source, suggesting that the grace emanates from the Lord, or as a qualitative genitive, implying that the grace is characteristic of the Lord. This dual interpretation enriches the understanding of the divine grace being discussed. Further modifications to kuriu come through emon, our, Yesu, Jesus, and Christu, Christ. Emon personalizes the relationship, indicating a collective possession or affiliation with the grace. The addition of Yesu and Christo clarifies the identity of the Lord as Jesus Christ, making a specific theological statement about the source and nature of the grace mentioned. The phrase metatu pneumatos, with the Spirit, introduces a prepositional component where meta indicates accompaniment and tu is an attributive article for pneumatos, spirit. This suggests an association or conjunction with the spirit, adding a layer of spiritual dimension to the verse. Besides, pneumatos is described by umen, your, a possessive term that denotes a direct relationship between the spirit and the recipients of the letter, the Galatians. The verse concludes with adelphoi amen, brothers, amen. Adelphoi is a vocative term, establishing a fraternal intimate connection with the audience. Amen serves as an emphatic affirmation, sealing the message with a note of solemn agreement. Overall, Lukaszewski's analysis of Galatians 6.18 
dissects the Greek text to unveil a layered message of divine grace, emanating from and characterised by the Lord Jesus Christ, intertwined with the Spirit and intimately connected to the community of believers, culminating in a fraternal affirmation. In conclusion, in Galatians 6, 11, 18, Apostle Paul employs the intricacies of Koine Greek to convey profound theological messages, highlighting his personal engagement and the depth of his counsel to the Galatians. These verses are not merely about textual content, but also about the earnestness and urgency of Paul's communication. Additionally, verse 11, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand, serves as a direct appeal to the Galatians, urging them to recognise the seriousness of his message. The large letters could symbolise the intensity of his emotions or the importance of the letter's content. This personal touch was significant in ancient times, as writing was often delegated to scribes, especially for lengthy texts. Also in verse 12, Paul addresses the issue of outward religious observance versus inner faith. He criticises a faction within the Galatian community for indicating physical circumcision, a Jewish law, over the Christian doctrine of salvation through faith in Christ. This reflects the early Christian community's struggle between Jewish traditions and the emerging Christian faith. Moreover, verse 13 exposes the hypocrisy of those who advocate for circumcision. Paul maintains their failure to follow the very laws they impose on others, revealing their true motive, to boast in their adherence to tradition rather than embracing the transformative power of faith in Christ. Furthermore, verse 14 starkly contrasts Paul's personal stance as he refuses to boast in anything except the cross of Christ. This reiterates the significance of Christ's crucifixion in Christian theology, symbolising a break from worldly attachments and a commitment to the ideals embodied by Christ. In addition, verses 15 and 16 continue this theme, repeating that in Christ, physical rituals like circumcision lose significance. What matters is becoming a new creation, a profound spiritual transformation that defines Christian faith. Further, verse 17 is a personal plea from Paul, indicative of his suffering and dedication as a follower of Christ. He underlines that he bears the marks of Jesus, signifying his deep commitment and the hardships he has endured for his faith. Lastly, the letter concludes with verse 18, underscoring the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit's presence within the believers. This fraternal message seals the epistle with a note of divine grace and communal connection, affirming the central tenets of Christian faith and identity. Thus, these verses in Galatians showcase Paul's linguistic dexterity and theological depth as he addresses issues of religious practice, internal motives, and the essence of Christian faith. Through these passages, he emphasises the transformative power of faith in Christ and the insignificance of external rituals in defining one's relationship with God.